Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Soulful Veda podcast. It is Angelica here, and I'm going to begin with an energy update for today. So we just got off of eclipse season, which ended on December 3rd, that ended with a solar eclipse. And eclipse season started a few weeks prior to that with the full moon eclipse. And during this eclipse period, as I spoke in the last episode, it's a time of deep transformation. It's a time where our old shadows and wounds might be rising up to the surface, not to bring a shame or blame, no, to feel those emotions, to clean up shop, to bring a clearing so that we can create space for what's to come, for these new manifestations that we wanna bring into our life. So even though that two week period is characterized as eclipse season, for me, it always serves as an initiation process. That's when I first begin to re-identify what wounds and shadows need more healing, need more attention. And for me personally, the real work happens after eclipse season. When I began to look at these shadows under a microscope and see how I can feel and process them deeper, how can I integrate them into my body so that they can turn into light and more expansive energy. So if you've been feeling more tired and energetically weighed down, and maybe these old wounds are coming up to the surface and you're not knowing why, you're actually in perfect alignment right now. That it is a time to go inward. And that is what nature is saying to us too. I mean, it's the winter time and and that is when it gets darker sooner in the day. And when it gets colder outside and we have more of this time to go inward to do the shadow work. So it's supported during this time. And although it cannot always feel comfortable to feel these denser emotions or look at things from our past, it is the process of life. And just by accepting that endless cycle of life and death, life and death, we begin to really experience the joy and bliss that this world and this life brings us. So I'm giving everyone a lots of love and compassion as you move through these shadows. I know I'm taking more time to tend to myself, to journal more and meditate and rest as much as I can because it can feel heavy during this time. And I also want to add to that, that we're still in the midst of a pandemic. So if you're feeling these moments of isolation and if you were a person that really loved that human connection, which if you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you do, and you love even just physical contact with people, being in the same vicinity of someone that you can really look into their pupils without having a screen in between you. I'm feeling that too right now, and that can also contribute to that isolation feeling. So if you've been feeling that isolation feeling, know that You are definitely not alone. And there are so many tools and practices we can to get back to our true self. It can look more like attending a moon ceremony, communing together with people who are like-minded and taking ancient techniques and rituals like Kundalini and breath work and mantra to truly transcend these denser energies. It could also look as simple as going out in nature, talking to a friend, doing creative work, dancing, moving the energy in your physical body. There are so many different ways. So just tune into what feels real for you and then know what proactive action you could take from there. Because of this isolating feeling that Rachel and I have been experiencing as well, we've been wanting to do a live event in Chicago for so long. And we were so excited that we 
finally created our first live event in forever. It's going to be in Chicago at the end of December, December 29th, which is a Wednesday. And we are partnering with one of our favorite spiritual mediums ever, Cindy from Revealing Soul. So if you're in Chicago, you probably already heard all about Cindy from Revealing Soul. She is a psychic medium. Well, actually, I'll correct myself. She likes to refer to herself as a spiritual medium, not a psychic, because she doesn't ever tell you your future. She just empowers to tell you what you already know about yourself. So begin to expand that part of yourself that you know and you love and you trust even more. And we are partnering with her for just the best event ever. It is going to be an energy healing and intuitive reading event. So for the first half, we are going to have energy healing. You'll receive the Reiki energy. This can break up energetic blockages in your body. It can align your chakras. So you feel super relaxed and peaceful and restored of energy. And then at the second half of the session, Cindy is going to channel our ancestors and loved ones and give intuitive messages. And although this is for the collective, I've been in these experiences before and they feel so personal because it hits you at the soul level. And it's so magical being able to connect with everyone in a group setting, being able to see people face to face, maybe getting to hug a few of you within your comfort zone. We are just so excited and over the moon about it. So there's more details on the event, which is Wednesday, December 29th at Yoga 2.0 in River North, Chicago, 7.30 p.m. to 9 p.m. You can find the link in the show notes to get your ticket. But on that note, uh, talking about intuitives, we are so excited for you to get into this episode today with Susanna Merrick, who is an intuitive energy reader, aura stylist, and spiritual coach. I first found Susanna listening to her on another podcast, and we just loved her energy, and you'll feel it in this episode. She's just fresh and creative and full of this lively energy, and we also love when women create their own brands and methods, and that's exactly what she did. So she... Susanna grew up actually always seeing auras and colors and she wanted to create a method that was fun and made spirituality fun and not so serious, but also how can we connect that unseen esoteric world to this physical earth realm? And that truly is what the, her method called the aura wear is about. So this method and brand focuses on self-expression through color, fashion, and wellness. She is a fashion consultant and that she helps others see how they want to express themselves through clothes, through colors. And she also helps others to read their auras, how you can read what color is your aura. And there's actually 12 layers to your aura, which we talk about in this episode and what all that means. And if you dive in deeper with her work and her courses, you'll get to learn what each of these layers mean and just really getting to know yourself on a deep, deep level. So, I love this episode because it's the perfect balance with all the shadow work that we've been doing, which can be really serious and heavy work. This episode is so lighthearted, reminds you why you love spirituality and doing this depth work and how stoking your own inner creativity and being able to express yourself so that you feel so confident in who you are is just everything. So without further ado, you can sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode with Susanna Merrick from AuraWare. Welcome to Soulful Veda's podcast. We are Ayurvedic health coaches that heal imbalances in the mind, body, and spirit. We are here to guide you on your healing journey with soulful wisdom and higher intuition. You are your best healer and your moment to connect your highest self 
is now. I'd love to hear about the first time that you either felt connected to something bigger than yourself or spirituality, or even the first time that you tapped into your intuitive gifts for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. I have a lot of memories tapping into this at a very young age. Um, I grew up in Fort Worth, Texas in a very, very conservative, uh, homeschool cult. And part of that was, um, understanding your purpose and your place on this earth. And so, uh, at a young age, I was very much exposed to the ideas of what is where your soul, why your soul is here. And, you know, these were questions that I, I, I get, I often get curious, like what kids ask now that don't grow up in that kind of space. Cause I didn't know any different. I was made very clear from a young age, what my purpose was and what my soul was here to do. And it was something I always kind of rejected, even at a young age, um, and felt a lot of shame around. So my journey with connecting to things on a more soul level um, comes from really tapping in and being present with my experiences. But a lot of that involved <laughs> untethering a great deal of what uh, was basically shoved down my throat for most of my life. So that being said, those experiences come to me in the most simplest of ways now. Um, and a deep understanding of an integration of myself, uh, how I want to express myself, how I want to show up in the world. Um, those aha moments you get when you really get full glimpses of yourself. That's when I get to see my soul. And that's my favorite part. <laughs> I love that. And so when you said you were introduced to spirit, this is spirit as like someone else giving you their understanding rather than your first glimpses, or were those two things intertwined in your experience? Um, certainly. I mean, I think it was a bit of untethering of the understanding of, you know, whenever you've grown up in a religion, there's a lot of messaging and a lot of uh, dynamic that's pushed in your way that can sometimes be so cut and dry that you lose that connection. So there is, there is an integration by many means, even in when you are in that space and when you are kind of living that straight and narrow. Um, but for me personally, it was about really unwiring that programming and starting to find a genuine connection to my soul, my spirit, what is God? source creation for me. Um, and it's a journey. It's not something that just, you know, you get to go, okay, now I have it. It's here. It exists, you know? And, um, if you have ever experienced growing up Catholic or growing up Christian, um, and even I've had a lot of friends who are Jewish who have, have experienced this as well. There's so much that just is, is put on your plate that you're like, this is what it is. There's no way around it. And so the older you get, and when you start to really discover those things for yourself, there is a lot of like untying that and then rewiring what it really is to have that connection. For me, again, it's just the simplest things. It's the, it's the glimpses of seeing myself in shadow or seeing myself in, um, in new discovery or desire. That's where I get to have that connection with 
with source with God. I love that. And when did that first start to be integrated into your sense of creativity and bringing that into all of the work that you do now, specifically in yeah. fashion and aura wear? Man, I love it. Rachel, you are bringing in the big guns, the big questions right out the door. So, <laughs> so much, you're doing great. I love it. No, so much of my work, you know, though, is about kind of breaking down the constructs and the ideas of, of healing having to be so intense. You know, I always say you don't have to go to the jungle to do ayahuasca to like peel. And um, for me, it was about self-discovery and finding a way to really experience who you are internally and externally and, and find pleasure in that and the everyday. And that I think is ultimately where you can start to kind of see, okay, this was my reality. This is my reality, but this doesn't have to be my reality. And I get to have so much choice in that. Um, but yeah, the, and I really encourage my girls to go at their own pace with and meet themselves exactly where they are. Um, I joke all the time that or is like spirituality 101 because you have to really start at a place as simple as your closet, as the way you're dressing, as the way you're showing up to find a real deep transformation within yourself. Because when we know this physical body as our, as our outsource, as us, as how people see and experience us, but yet there's so much disconnection we have sometimes to this physical body. And we're always looking to kind of integrate these things, our soul, our spirit. And that's what your aura is all about. You know, I think one of the biz biggest misconceptions about aura and energy is that you have one color and that's your color and that's your personality diagnosis and you must live within this color. And while I think there are colors that do really express your soul that you gravitate to, that you connect to, you are literally every color of the rainbow every day of every second. You change your mind, you change your mood, you change your energy, it shifts. Um, so what does it look like? to have this understanding of this physical and the spiritual at the same time and like how powerful the tool that can be to really bring you to that place of transformation. And so that for me is what adornment, styling, color, uh, and dressing your aura is all about. I love that so much because it's the embodiment piece. I think that we miss so much. It's like, and what is the most tangible thing? It's something that you do every day. So you can't say like, oh, I got to add that to my to-do list. It's something that is already happening. Um, and it, it's, yeah, it's that self-expression. I like personally, I've always, um, I was like in fashion PR for a year right out of college. Like I love I love fashion. I love clothes and like making yourself feel beautiful. And I noticed there's different times in my life where I, don't, I'm not into clothing. I'm like, I don't care about what I wear. And I like go and I'm like, oh, I'm going inward right now. I'm in this kind of like dark place where I don't want to express, express myself. There's an emotion that wants to be repressed here. Um, and it's very interesting to see that comparison. So I think it is almost like a very high form of spirituality is like your dress because it shows up so immediately. And I'm curious for you, if you've had any clients who are like, I'm just not into fashion. Like, I don't really care what I wear. I, that's what I'm picturing in my head. Um, and like, how are you able to like facilitate them to like recognize the spirituality in what they wear? 
Yeah. You know, it's interesting. So as a personal stylist, it tends, you tend to get a lot of clients who are like, I don't know what to wear. I don't know how to dress myself, do it for me. And what's interesting too, as a coach, um, my job is not to hold your hand. My job is actually to show you how you can start to implement the tools to make the transformation yourself. Right. So for me, integrating these two things were really easy. It really comes down to the messaging and the self-concept we already have about ourselves in fashion. And I really believe that dressing yourself, adorning yourself, like putting clothes on, it's the one thing we all have to do unless you live in like a commune in Florida where, bless you, you don't have to wear clothes and it's your thing. Um, <laughs> you got to get dressed in the morning. And what's interesting is that so much status and so much of the kind of societal understanding of what how women are supposed to show up and be and so much of what I was, what was a, a very oppressed in my life and part of my journey as a in the homeschool cult was that, you know, I mean, I was like basically a Mennonite. If you guys know what Mennonites are, you know, like most Mennonites were in this cult that I was in. And, you know, there you're told that your body has to be covered because you can cause a man to sin. This is not new messaging though. There's like, if you've watched Bridgerton recently or anyone's been watching, you see that there's so much um, emphasis around a woman's status and how she dresses in her body and what her value and worth is. And so, there has been a movement over the years where there's a resistance to dressing yourself. And I always say you kind of pick two roads, right? Especially in middle school, it's like you're either fashionable and you have that status and you're creative and you do that and that's your identity. Or you're like, no, 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 that's not for me. I study, I, I want to go down this route. This is who I am. And fashion is just not important to me. And the reality is it can be both. And I really believe that you're right as a woman to be able to take your adornment, your expression, and, and let it be whatever mood you're feeling. So I have like different archetypes built out, understanding of your aura and energy and how they integrate. I mean, there's so much to learn within my practice, but it just didn't exist, which is why I created it. But ultimately, yeah, I think the idea and the self-concept you have of yourself from a young age, you know, I joke all the time, the only reason I'm stylish or fashionable is because I come from a long line of stylish women. My grandmother literally was told, oh, you're very stylish. You're, it became so much a part of her identity. She created clothes and like, and there was so much messaging around the physicality and the body and it needed to be perfect because of that. And the same messaging was given to my mother. And then my mother gave it to me. And while I'm blessed with that self-concept that you're so stylish and you have, you know, your closet's a place of your creativity, I'm grateful for that, but so much of that came from like being told that I was and being part of my identity and feeling free to integrate it. And I think as women, it's really about when women come to me, I want to teach them how to find that freedom within themselves, like how to show up and go, yeah, I actually do kind of desire to dress like sexy, but like my sexy is different. And I'm like, great. What is your sexy? Like, let's find it. And then there's this freedom that comes from being able to step into that energy and just feel like yourself, feel empowered and good. Oh, that's so true. Cause there's so much conditioning on what is sexy and what is beautiful in women. So that's so true. It's like, if they think that one way is beautiful, they're like, well, I'm not beautiful. So I don't want to address what beautiful is. And it's like really yeah. redefining what that, that beauty is for them. That's really special. Yeah. I I love hearing more about how you've created this whole system. And I guess before we get into more of the nuts and bolts of it, I'd love to hear if you now being more expansive and accepting your intuitive gifts, 
are you able to look back at certain memories as a kid? You're like, oh my God, that was like a download or like, oh my God, like that was a vision. Yeah, I love to hear yeah. what those memories were. Yeah. So my journey with, you know, I've always been very, very in tune with my intuition and gifts. And, and again, with that same kind of messaging, my mother was very intuitive. She was considered to be um, a prophet, if you will, within the church of how she brought things forth and would see things and know things. And um, there's different colors that identify with different the different clairs and the intuitive gifts, uh, which I taught, I go into full depth in, in my in my latest courses coming out. But like, ultimately, each of those colors kind of embody a certain type of gift. My mothers were very like, they were very blue and violet, which is almost very intense. It's almost like when you think of cooler tones, right? There, it's a little bit more scary. Like her gifts scared me and mine weren't like that. My gifts were on another level of, of sensing and seeing and feeling. And uh, there's so much science to back up like why these senses cross and why these things happen. But I was very fortunate for like a young age. Like I knew I could see auras. I told my dad, I, my dad was like, yeah, that's that's normal. Like that's, that's called an aura. And he like very just like matter of fact. And he's like, yeah, Jesus had an aura. Yeah. Like my dad was like a sciencey guy. And he'd be like, yeah, you have radiation that comes out. Yep, that's that's energy and it's matter. And matter never dies. And your soul's made of matter. Like my dad would just have like this like quantum <laughs> physics way of going about it. And I was just sitting there like, huh? Okay, but it feels scary. <laughs> like, uh, and so for so many years, I like cut that part off of me. People often ask, like, can you just like turn it on and off? Can you like see words? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I can turn it on and off. And it's great because I spent so many years turning it off and like focusing on turning it off because I didn't want to invest myself. And there really was this like pivotal moment in my life. And I'm then talk about it. I've talked about it on another podcast. I'm like, I won't get into it too much here, but where I really did kind of start to go, okay, this is my path. If this is the way I'm supposed to use these gifts, like show me, like open the doors. And that's when everything really changed. But all of the things that I was using, like color and healing, like I couldn't find healing modalities that resonated with me. Like, listen, Angelica, I know you're a yoga teacher, but like, mm -mm. <laughs> the messaging and the trauma that I had around my body made it almost near impossible for me to actually get into a practice with yoga where I could really, really enjoy it. And then a lot of the trauma I had around religion made it almost impossible for me, even though I'd like get the Ayurveda books and I would get all these things. It just made it so hard for that to be my tool. And I will, I really was beating myself up for a long time because I'd be like, this is what's, this is how you're supposed to transform and this is how you're supposed to change. And when I finally was just like screw it and I threw those things out the window I go what is gonna serve me what does support me and I started to like read my own energy and my aura and started to understand how could I incorporate that with color what do these colors mean and I started my study with it that's when I was really able to find that transformation but ultimately it's just a tool like these are just tools that bring you to the other side and I was my first test <laughs> Like I went through this journey and what I have on the other side is my full manifestations, like everything I desired to have. And like literally five years ago, I was nannying, bartending, like so down in the dumps on who I was, where I was going in life, where my career was. And now I'm full spectrum no pun intended. Um, but because that was a great pun, I got to give myself a pat on the back. That. that was amazing. Yeah. yeah I loved but, it. but seriously though, like I went through, I like devoted myself because I started to look for these tools and they just didn't exist. 
you know, and I, I have to say, I love there's a woman, Hillary Rashford. She was kind of like doing this back in the day. Um, but like her style did not resonate with me like at all. Like she's super cute. It's so adorable. I love her, but like, I'm like real weird. And like, I'm a, I'm a magenta and you guys, if you want to know your type, you can go on my website and like find out your style type or you can go to my Instagram. But, um, magentas are very like wacky, nonconformist, go against the grain, like very abstract and artistic in the way that they dressed in conversational, like weird. And she was like very pink and like, very ladylike and gentle and like where are these Ayla and like it just did not resonate <laughs> with me but what I saw in that was my aha moment because I was like oh this is it she's using this as a tool for transformation how can I start to look at this kind of space where we do we women we long we desire to adorn to dress to feel good how can I use this space and these tools that I've already used on myself to create something and that's that's ultimately how Oraware was created was me the first test. <laughs> yeah. I'm interested when you work with people, does it look like you can see their aura and their energy and you kind of help them figure out how to see that themselves? Or is it more working together and you kind of have a sense, but the deeper you get to know them, then the two of you be like, okay, this is what you're trying to embody at this point in your life. Like, what does the process look like? Yeah. Yeah. So aura is interesting. So aura is, you know, I always say you've actually, if you haven't had your aura read by those photographs where you put your hands on the electric magnetic plates and they measure your frequency. I actually have some here. I just recently got my husband and I've got ours done. Um, if you have never done that, or if you have done that, then you kind of know the kind of the gist, like they'll tell you that certain colors mean certain things and certain messages. So color is a catalyst for us as intuitives to bring forth the message. So again, it doesn't help if I just like walk around reading people's auras unless I've like sat down and connected with them. And, and I really found a, a way to really, and I work with my teacher to really find this, but it wasn't help. I mean, it doesn't help for me to just tell somebody who they are. Like, you know what I mean? It's, it's actually about them kind of finding that discovery together. So I use color synthesis through a sense of synthesia. So I clear sentiently read people, which that, that means is I feel feel the energy and then it comes through as color and whatever I'm feeling. And that color is a color that's supposed to be the catalyst to the message. So sometimes their soul colors come through and I say, these are your soul colors. You know, there are 12 layers to aura and that's not like layers around you, but it's layers, it's aspects of you. Um, and my job is to educate myself to understand as much as possible to what those layers are. So when I can clear sentiently get into my body, I can identify them, but it is a study for sure. Now, that being said, that doesn't mean you can't read your own aura. And that doesn't mean you can't start to cultivate and understand information about these, each of these colors to serve you right then and there in the moment, because you can use color to support that energy. And I did not invent the wheel on that. That's been done for hundreds of thousands of years. And the fascinating thing about color is that we don't actually know like the, it's simply a theory the reflection, like Einstein's understanding or not Einstein of Newton, Isaac Newton. Um, I'm like, I'm still in the fashion. Okay. My history is not that great. Y'all. Um, let's be real, but no, he kind of came to the understanding that, you know, we were like colors reflected in this and that, but actually that's just a theory. It could be that color is energy and that things are matter and energy around us. We don't fully know. And I always say like, I'm not going to like kill myself trying to figure out what it is, <laughs> which one it is, but whether color is energetically affecting us 
or we have an emotional relationship with it that we program from a very young age, it, it exists. Like you have a relationship with color. You feel certain things about colors and you can use colors medicinally, but you can also use them to extract the emotions and the feelings from that, and which is where the aesthetic stuff comes in. I always say you can have a turquoise aura, but that does not mean you have to be wearing turquoise. It's actually an aesthetic and an embodiment. Um, but you can really start to heal in certain seasons by dipping into certain aesthetics and energies and colors. Um, so I hope that answers your question. <laughs> Yeah, it definitely does. And this is a side story and I haven't seen this in a long time, but it stuck with me. And it was the study of color where people in America looked at this wheel and it was like all of these blues and one green. And we were easily able to be like, yes, that's green. And then they took the same color wheel to um, a group of people that lived, I think in like the rainforest or somewhere in Africa. And they're like, tell me which one is green. And they're like, these all look the same. And then they did the reverse and we, we couldn't pick it out. So I think it's so interesting what you say about like colors kind of relative to people. Um, and I think that was like such a cool way to understand that. And it just, a, a general metaphor of life of like, just because you're looking at the same thing as somebody else doesn't mean that those truths are the same. And like color also shows us that. So I think that's a yes. cool yeah, antidote to what you said. And I also want to dive a little bit into the 12 layers of aura before we get any further. Um, so what, what are those? How do you understand the layers and like, how yeah, do you begin okay. to work with them? I'm not going to go through all 12 of them because it's a lot. But I'm going to break it down to you in a really simple way. So each of these layers, if you like go and you Google it, you're going to get like very scientific and like very very structured answers. Like this is your sole purpose. Like this is the Akashic Records layer. This is, but like there's like the mental layer, which what do we think about when we think about our mental layer? We think about our mood, our mind, right? And so what does it look like to nurture that part of your aura and your energy? And then there's the physical, like your physical energy. What does it look like to nurture that part of your aura and your energy? Um, your purpose, your soul, you know, your path, what you're manifesting, what you're creating for yourself. Those are all different layers. And the thing is, they're not like specific colors. It's not like your soul is one color, this one's this one color, like everybody's is different. So it's really complicated. <laughs> Why, where I made it less complicated is by giving you the tools to go, okay, I want to start healing more of my mental, my mind, my mind, how I'm showing up, what I think about, why, why I even have, like, honestly, why we even have aversions to certain colors. There's so much behind that. Like what we're craving in certain seasons can actually really be such a great insight to what you need to heal right now, what needs to be seen in you. So we have this psychic ability, if you will, already in us with color. Um, and it's just a matter of kind of finding the education and the tools to support that. Uh, but it's interesting when you work with me on a more of a long term, especially like when I, my coaching program, I work with clients one-on-one and each week they get a different color to focus on. And I'm always like, this is the box we're going to explore. And I don't give the same color like each week, like each client gets a different color depending on where they are in their journey and what needs to support them. So they get a manual at the very beginning where I'm like, flip to page 50. <laughs> you're going to look up red energy today and you're going to explore this for the next couple of weeks. Um, but it gives you this box to kind of explore different parts. And in that I go, okay, are you exploring the mental layer? Are you exploring the physical? Like what are you healing physically right now around you? How you're showing up? 
are you, are you healing your, you know, your purpose and your soul? Like, what are you manifesting? Well, how can you use red to manifest? Like there's so many different ways you can start to look at these layers to understand where you are in your path and your journey and what needs to be healed. You know, there's layers that even resonate with like past lives. And so that's where it gets like really deep <laughs> and intense. And I will tell you, I'm not even at some of those levels of those layers. And this is what I do for a living. It's a journey. So it is, I don't want it to overwhelm you. If you start looking at it, you're like, oh my God, there's 12 layers. Oh. Um, it's okay. We start with the first few. In my course, we only go through the first four layers. So we really break it down really simply. Um, but yeah, that is the base to be able to start to bring in these tools. And for me, it was, these things exist. They just exist in all these different places. If you think about like human design, it's the same thing. Like when they brought human design together, it was like all of these different modalities that then blacks brought forth. And AuraWare is kind of that same way. Like we're using color. We're using, you know, life and spiritual coaching. We're using transformational tours. We're using dressing your aura. We're using meditation. You know, all of these things to kind of bring you to a place where you just feel even more seen and heard. And I think that's what it's really all about. Like you see yourself, the world can see you too. I hope you all are loving this episode. I'm briefly interrupting it to let you know about the California College of Ayurveda. So, so many of you feel called to further your studies in Ayurveda and picking the right school is everything. That's why we decided to partner with CCA, the California College of Ayurveda, because not only is that where Rachel and I received our education from, we have loved the foundational knowledge it has given us to grow our business. So I wanted to share how this education continuously impacts me as an Ayurvedic practitioner today. For one, it gives me the structure for my one-on-one -on -one consultations, how to run diagnostics, how to understand the imbalances, and a really in-depth level. The content and curriculum at CCA is so robust, I always feel like I have an answer to everything because I understand the science of Ayurveda on such a deep level. And actually during their internship program, you will learn clear guidelines on how to orchestrate your one-on-ones if structure is really important to you. Now, another aspect that continuously supports me on my journey is all the relationships I have made with the students at CCA. So during my internship program, I was so blessed to met three Ayurvedic sisters that I love following their journeys and we continuously support each other on a really deep level. And I was also in class, I think it was 20 to 30 students, and we all follow each other today still on social media. I've collaborated with a couple of them, had some of them on the podcast, and it's so beautiful having that extra support and just hello every now and then to know that you are there and you're supported, you're not alone in your journey. It even helped to bridge a connection with CCA alumni like Pavani and Farm True, which we've had both of them on the podcast, and we continuously collaborate and support each other's brands in every way, shape, and form. And the final way that it continuously supports me are my master teachers. Oh my goodness, I am so grateful for them. And I'm so grateful that they continuously provide inspiration in my life and also give me guidance when I need it. We've had a few of them on the podcast. Episode number 15, we've had Dr. Ryan Strong. Episode number 27, Mary Thompson. And episode number 67, Sandhya, which you can check out those episodes after this. But I really want to emphasize my teacher, Dr. Ryan Strong. He was my first master teacher, and 
this relationship is so important to me because I continuously feel supported by his guidance and I'm continuously learning from him now too. I'm interested in Vedic astrology, which I'm learning underneath his wing. So truly these relationships and connections that you make during your education will further your growth after, and they continuously provide copious amounts of love and nourishment for me. All in all, this is a really important decision and who and what school you decide is going to continuously inspire your Ayurvedic journey. So if you feel called to CCA's program, want to learn more about it, you can sign up for a free call with them with their advisory team by clicking the link in the show notes. And if you click that link, you will also receive $175 off when doing so. All right, beauties, back to this episode. I'm curious to know, and so you kind of said in each of these layers that they do change. It's not like they're the same always. Yeah. Like, how often do they change? And I'm because because I'm also curious about the past life layer. Like, I would imagine that. I mean, we've had many past lives. But like, does that one change? Do they all change? <laughs> well, it depends on what's supposed to come through. So, mm. depending on for and that's where it's like, if you are someone who can read your own akashic records, like. Great. That's awesome. That's an opportunity for you to start to feel in. So I think this is maybe a good segue to actually talk about the clairs and how you can kind of use them to read those layers. Um, Again, there's so much to learn here. So I really try to be pretty mindful when I share this information. So if you're feeling like as a listener, I'm like, there's so much to learn. It's because there is. Um, But fear not, I love sharing and I love you can find those resources all over the internet and in my upcoming course. But ultimately, it really is about looking at these different senses. So, okay, you guys, what do you know about the Claire's? I always like to kind of ask that first. Like, what do you guys know about the Claire's? Uh, we love the Claire's. We, okay. our audience should know about the four basic ones. And then we might've talked, we touched on, I think it was like seven or nine actually. Oh yeah. It's pretty wild. Like, there's, more. <laughs> there's so many, I know. And I think the more that we start to evolve and like consciously mm. start to understand these things as a collective, um, it will become more acceptable to talk about the other ones. But I think right now it's like, it's still pretty like, we're still grasping the basics. And even us as teachers, and you know, like, this is our full study. Like, this is my life. This is what I do. This is what I study. This is what I am obsessed with. And I still say I will be a forever student. There's just so much to learn. So, you know, there's not this like magic moment where you're like, oh, no, I know. And now I'm, I have this enlightened moment and the wisdom, no, but that grows. Right. And so the clairs are kind of this cool thing where if you know the basics, then you're on the right track. Um, and you can start to kind of see how all the things cross. So I always explain them in this way. And just for anyone who doesn't know, Um, The clairs are kind of your psychic senses. They are your your pathways into ultimately being able to channel, bring forth your gifts, and to share the messages. But the thing about the clairs is that ultimately they are here to serve others. And that's really important. When you start to realize that about your gifts, you can start to understand that responsibility that comes with them. Now, if you are not in a place to help heal others, you might not be in a place yet to really get into those gifts, but you can start to use those gifts on yourself. This is like trusting your intuition, trusting your knowing, your wisdom. You know, you can start to practice these things on the daily, but ultimately the responsibility of the gifts is to give forth. It's part of the collective. It's part of our healing or karmic records. Um, But yeah, you got to be in a place to do that. And let me tell you, there was a long time that I was not in a place to do that. (laughs) So, okay. 
So you have clairsentience, clairtangence, claircognancy, clair audience, um, and like the main and clairtangence. What's clairsentience? Clair I always forget. There's like one more in there. Claire, clairvoyance. Clairvoyance. Yeah. So the way I always remember them is like clairvoyance is vision. Clairsentience is the feeling, the knowing. Claircognancy is the download, the wisdom. Um, Claircognancy is like the one where you're like, you just start saying something. You're like, where did that even come from? <laughs> um, and you're like, I can't even back it up. I always say the scientific side of claircognancy is actually your brain analyzing information in a nanosecond. Mm. But like the rest of your brain, especially as women, because we're so visual and how we put things together, we can't fully see that vision. So we're also trained to not fully trust that part of ourselves. Um, but this was something that was practiced in cultures for many, many, many years. You would always go to the elders, you would go to the women, um, and they were very clairvoyant. They would just have the wisdom to spread into you and to, to, to fill your life with, right? Um, Clairtangius is a weird one. Clairtangius, though, is kind of like the gateway into the others. Like, and what I mean by that is like your ability with clairtangience is touch, right? To touch something and then extract information from it. But you don't actually like extract the information from the physical touch, right? Mm. You actually end up extracting the information through a visual or through, so clairvoyance or through clairsentience, a feeling, a knowing, or through even claircognancy. So clairtangence is kind of like this weird one that like assists the other ones, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, but I think the ones that we most commonly use just on the daily are like clairvoyance, which is, I always say is kind of misunderstood. Like people always think clairvoyance is like when you go to a, a psychic and she's like, I see a vision. And then she like explains the vision to you. And then you're like, what does that even mean, lady? Like, help me out. <laughs> um, but actually you might be a writer and like, you might actually channel a lot of messages and metaphors in your stories that are actually really beautiful clairvoyant visions that somebody is supposed to read that's supposed to impact their life like that's clairvoyance right so being able to connect these things and your daily life is so important um so part of the first thing i teach you is how to get into these gifts so you can dress your aura which sounds so silly <laughs> but like that's what it's really about like making a really empowered choice or having a vision of what you want to see yourself in. And then all of a sudden you're in that moment in your life. Like I've had so many moments like that where I like look at my closet and I'm like, oh yeah, I like, I want to wear this. And I feel so safe sharing this because I'm sure this is going to air a little bit later, but I'm in my first trimester and I'm about to be in my second and I'm already having visions of like, what is my pregnant body? What is she going to be embodying and feeling? And I know those looks are going to manifest themselves. And I've even had like some psychic visions of like being photographed and like things coming up. Maybe it'll happen. Mock my words. Um, <laughs> but that, so you can start to use clairvoyance for that. You can use claircognancy to just like trust what you need and you desire and i really don't think we have one style i just think that's so linear and it's like healing like healing is secular it's not linear it is you're not the same person that you were two years ago that you are today and she needs to dress or he or they need to dress in a way that feels aligned with who you are right now and so that might be like a total hippie goddess 
And I'm like, she needs to be in that energy or they, you know, and, or it's, you know, you need to be in your masculine. And I'm like, that's orange energy. And what does that look like? So there's so many ways to just play and explore yourself and through your intuitive psychic gifts by using different aspects of your style. I mean, and it, you open up the floodgates after that. I'm just saying, I see it with my people all the time. I've done it with myself. Um, what you can invite in from that is wild. Like, cause if you can psychically trust yourself to get dressed, the sky's the limit sister. <laughs> <laughs> I love tapping into the Claire's dress. Cause it makes so much sense. Like I think a lot of us are clairsentient, that feeling, especially a lot of women. Um, and like, that's makes so much sense when you're getting ready you're like how do i want to feel like i want to feel cozy today or like do i want to feel like i'm like a boss and like totally going to take on the day and like that it's so funny because it happens so quickly like that you don't even realize that you're like you're using your your intuition right away with like what you're wearing oh my gosh angelica you're like already speaking or i'm so happy like cozy that's blue blue energy we need to be like there's certain like it's like it is ultimately i would say the aesthetic of blue is like the capsule wardrobe the like really cozy elements the like very minimalist style like that's we all love that like let me let me just say we all started to like pare down our closets a few years ago don't lie and we're like i'm gonna wear these 20 pieces and like where were we in society like what was happening collectively that we all needed that it was like we were so overstimulated there was so much materialism happening around us all of these things that we were like whoa 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 whoa, whoa. i need to go inward and i need to heal and it it really was a collective right but then you're also speaking green because that's like the whole girl boss movement that happened after that we're all of a sudden we're like all right i'm ready to get my shit together I just said that <laughs> word, but sorry you can beat me out oh you're I'm fine ready. no <laughs> ready to get my, my stuff together in my life and I'm ready to start like having structure and order and goals and that's green and that's like the that's the psychology of the color green itself is like growth expansion change um you know and like we're all like girl bossing way too close to the sun right now it's like a thing so what are we shifting into collectively next it's so much turquoise it's like okay hang on let me like go back to looking at what I have in my closet let me start to like get a little bit more green with what I'm wearing. Let me wear my grandma's favorite pair of bell-bottom pants instead of going and buying them from ASOS. You know, it's like we're really starting to find this way to like collectively heal. But I mean, that's just trends in general. But ultimately, like I give you, and I'm so proud, but I give you the tools to do this. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I'm I'm kind of curious too. You mentioned this earlier, like you have an aversion to colors. Like, is there mm-hmm. anything collectively in the trends that you've been noticing? And I, I have a second part to this question, but I want to ask that yeah. one first. <laughs> oh my gosh. Aversions tell us so much. Um, okay, so just to kind of make sure I'm being clear here too with the messaging is Oraware is like a method. Um, and part of that method and modality is there is your aura and your style. And those are aesthetics and certain things you can extract and wear. And then there is color medicinally. Color medicinally is when you intentionally choose that color to wear it. You're making it a practice to wear it, integrate it into your day. This can be anything from the color. You guys probably see me, but I'm like, I'm very intentional with like the colors I'm wearing today. Like my water mug and like so many things. So To answer your question, color is this interesting kind of gateway for us to understand ourselves, 
right? So we can start to go, what am I desiring, right? And this is where I come in to help you. And again, I have like a rotary of things. I don't know if that's a rotary is a word. I just really dated myself. I'm clearly a, like an elder millennial. Um, <laughs> I have like a, an index um, of, of different resources to connect you to this if you're looking for more. But like, so if you come to me, Rachel, and you're like, you know what? Like when I was younger, I just used to love yellow. Like I loved yellow. I wear it all the time. And recently it's just like, I'm repulsed by it. I can't even look at it. I would start asking you specific questions about your healing journeys, particularly with healing your inner child and where you're feeling shadow around particular elements of yourself, like where things might be bubbling up, because this is our journey, especially in healing is that, you know, I, someone said it so eloquently once it's so beautiful and I'm totally going to screw it up, but I'm going to say it. They were like, our job and our healing journey is to have our higher self tell our present self what we need to know. Right. And our present self's job is to go back and heal our inner child. And then it makes this like beautiful figure eight. Right. So this is mm -hmm. always the healing journey. Right. And so for me, when you're having an aversion, I look at, okay, what are you struggling to not see for yourself right now? What is not possible, right? And so just to give examples, if you were having an aversion to yellow, right, and you loved it as a child, there was a freedom and a playfulness that you felt then that you're not feeling now in your life. And so then we would start to examine, like, where can that playfulness come through? Where are you not allowing yourself to be more playful? Where are you being really stringent and strict with yourself when really you need in order to grow into that version of yourself that you're wanting and desiring or your higher self is telling you about, like, where do you need to allow yourself freedom and playfulness, which is all words that, that are associated with yellow and color psychologies. Like I didn't make this stuff up, you guys, like it already exists. I'm just like drawing the lines. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's so fascinating what it can tell us about ourselves in a season. Yeah. That actually was my second question because I was like, oh, I have like this big aversion to black. Cause I don't think I look good in it. Mm. And I always just thought like, oh, that's my olive skin. I'm like, Hmm, maybe I'm just like not wanting to do shadow work. And that's what black's telling me. Like maybe I have this whole story in my head as you're yeah. talking, but it's so interesting to think about it like that, where you like create that excuse for yourself when you do have a color aversion. Have you ever had a season of like wearing black in your whole life or like when you wanted to wear black, but you just bought a lot of black or you just always stayed away from it? Mm, kind of always stayed away from it. I have like more of an olivey skin color and everyone's like, yeah. black looks good on everyone. I'm like, no, which is funny because I'm like wearing it today. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's just, it's not what I've loved. And I've always kind of wondered why, because I feel like it's something that everybody loves to wear and feels good in. Yeah. Well, first of all, I think that's so cool, Rachel, because most people have this like black is this thing. It, and generally what I always say, and like, and of course, like the one number one question I get that makes me kind of laugh and roll my eyes. is like, is there a bat? Is this anyone have black, have a black aura? You know? And I'm like, nobody has a black aura. <laughs> like calm down. Or like, is there a good aura or bad aura? And I'm like, there's shadow. Just like, you might be a mean person one day and you a nice person the other, you dynamic, right? Um, but I honestly, I can honestly say I've never heard anyone not having a black face. And so I wonder if it has more to do with, um, yeah, you being told I have olive skin. I like, but I actually think this speaks very highly of you and how you, you find other modalities to protect your energy. Black is just one of those things that we tend to gravitate to because it's like natural protection. It's just like not about, and there's not, there's been a safety in your journey about, about being seen or allowing yourself to be 
scene. Or I could even flip that and say there might be some shadow there. We're about needing to control exactly how we're seen. Uh, who knows? <laughs> yeah. Either one, you know, you can use that aversion of understanding to start to kind of go, huh, interesting. And I actually think it'd be kind of interesting to see what it would be like for you to just start allowing yourself to wear black and like really committing to it and a level that's like, I'm going to wear black to see if I can embody on a more expressive level, the thing feeling like almost like a blank canvas, if you will, without having color do all the work for me. I love that. I love that. It's like an experiment too. And you can be like playful with it and see what works. Cause I think that's such a fun way to look at it and know that it doesn't have to be so serious. Like, even though you can use the colors medicinally, it's like, how can we play and make this like just something we see what happens? Yeah. Especially if you're healing, like, I mean, I can raise your hand if you're healing the good girl wound, um, me <laughs> and all of us women everywhere. Yeah. And like, what does it look like to be like in a badass, like, like, like I think of like Cruella and I don't know if you guys see that movie. I'm like, oh, so good. Obsessed. It's super cute. Um, my husband and I like watched it like three times. Um, <laughs> full, full on. And I will admit that I just also love the costumes and everything, but you watch her transform into, you know, it's like such a healing journey of like, embodiment but like what we don't often see is like that we do actually have to go to that shadow side of ourselves and then find that integration um and so I think your closet gives you this kind of safe place to do that you know mm -hmm. without like feeling like again you have to go somewhere really deep and dark but like how does she show up when she puts on a leather jacket and like a bodycon dress and like what changes how does she like What's her swagger like? What's her energy like when she does like pull her hair back and like put on heavy eyeliner? I mean, like Rachel, I don't know if that's like something you would do, but like, like, would that be something you would ever wear? Um, maybe not the heavy eyeliner, but like I love a good leather jacket so we can put that yeah. in, the, in the wardrobe. But I do think yeah. it's funny as we're approaching Halloween too, how it's funny how we like love to dress up even as adults. And I think it's kind of what you're saying where we don't give ourselves that permission normally. And so dressing a different way and like being in that costume, it's like, oh, we have that excuse now to like embody that energy that we secretly desire, but like don't want to admit that we desire. Totally. And that's what it is because deep down as women, we just want permission to be all these multifaceted, like interesting versions of ourselves. And we are so allowed to be them. And it's just a place of more self-discovery because you get there and you're like, oh, I actually really like this version of me. And she can stick around for a while and she's actually going to really serve me in this season of my life. Um, but that's not like, again, it's just a part of you, just like it's just one layer of your aura. And you are all, all the layers, all the colors. Yeah, I, I'm curious, because I, I, I always felt like that, like, who do I want to be today? And like, I can just like dress like up based on that person. Like, I love my leather jackets, like, got yeah. a whole wardrobe for if, if I want to choose Girl. that look. But I also love to like, just kind of like 70s and like I love disco and like I like to be super feminine sometimes or like sometimes I do like to be like so cozy and like um yeah matching like my personality to it would you say that like a specific or a color can and sorry I haven't taken your quiz yet yeah. so I don't know if like a specific color can associate with that or do you feel like that's just 
when you're more open, like we can all kind of have that way of expressing ourselves. No, I, I, I completely think we have layer or like archetypes that we identify with more than others. And I think that's so much fun to have that too. It's like, it's why we love astrology. It's why we love, like, we just love things that help us feel like seen and like you are, you are that like you are more hippie in this and like and that's what having an aura reading with me is all about because those are generally the messages that come through like just simple beautiful you know psychic stuff comes through too but simple beautiful messages about you and your aesthetic and energy come through and are shown on your aura that I don't even you can come to me in a complete black outfit and I would have told you like exactly what you just said to me you know and said and you are this and these are the places you like to play but what if we bring in a version of this and what if we play with this energy and like Mm -hmm. right now you're desiring a job promotion or or a shift or relationship like what does it look like to start body a certain type of energy in your style but like so that's you can you if you're listening to this and you're one too you can book an aura read with me one-on-one and like we go through that like i get to show you your aura archetypes and then ultimately by the end, you get some tools to walk away with that can help support your energy in that moment in time. Oh, so cool. I love all of it so much. <laughs> um, so, you know, I have one last question for you, which is what are you embodying right now in your life? Do you have an archetype that you're working with or a certain color? Like what's present with you? Yeah. Okay. So for me right now, I'm working with turquoise, even though I'm wearing orange. This is very, it's very like this robe I'm wearing is, if you're listening to this, you're obviously not watching. I'm wearing like this kind of like, uh, it's like Asian inspired robe. There's a store in uh, Soho called Yali, which makes these beautiful robes and all of these different colors. And it's like a hot pink lighting. It's just like very... Um, it makes me, it makes me feel like my most best eccentric, like goddess, like self right now. Turquoise for me is just like really looking at my closet in a new and inventive way because my body's changing. It's I'm, I had to like put away all of my pants because, and like buy maternity pants. But like, for me, I'm looking at my closet, going, what can I use here? So I don't have to go and buy to really embody a style and what do I want to be feeling? And for me, you know, so many women have come to me and they're like, being pregnant is like the most amazing, most like juiciest, yummiest part of your life. And I'm like, okay, I'm in my first trimester and it feels awful right now. I'm literally (laughs) growing like hands today. I can't like, and like, I don't know why they call it morning sickness. It is not in the mornings so it's literally they should just call it baby hangover because that's what it is um like, no joke so for me I'm like all right what am I manifesting I am manifesting a second trimester where apparently you get like superwoman energy and I just want to feel like a goddess like I want to feel really beautiful in my body and a goddess so turquoise is like all of that and I want to feel real funky and weird and not like the run-of-the-mill like mommy outfits like that's just not what I want to embody so right now it's definitely turquoise lots of jewelry lots of just like weird interesting vintage pieces things that are flowy um things that are comfortable funky bohemian-esque that's definitely what I'm embodying Mm, oh my gosh that's so fun I was getting like the best visuals of you like maternity photos and rocking all of this goddess energy so I'm obsessed with that um and 
for everybody who wants to start manifesting, like who they want to be in their style. I know you've given us a couple things throughout the podcast, but where could people find you on Instagram book readings and your course will, when is your course coming out? It might be at the same time as this podcast. My course is coming out like November six is the week we're launching. So I don't know when this is coming out, but yeah, soon, so soon. And you'll be, you'll be able to access that. And if you're after that first week, those are all going to be live videos, but you'll actually be able to access the free workshop, which is all about um, how I transform into styling my own aura and how you can start to style yours. Um, and that's going to be free. You don't even have to like sign up for the course to be in that workshop. Um, and you'll be able to access that through my website. You can take the quiz to find out your style archetype. Um, you can book a reading with me. Those, they tend to book out pretty fast, but right now I have some openings and who knows, there might still be some openings when you're listening to this. Um, and you can find me at orawarenyc.com. The course is called style your intuition and you can find me on Instagram at orawarenyc. Awesome. I'm a thousand percent going to take the quiz and your Instagram is amazing. I'm always looking at it. It's so fun to see the trends you put on there. So thank you for sharing that. And I know everyone's going to go do that immediately. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. This was so fun. And I love how you bring intuitive ability, something that's so tangible and fun and creative and fresh. And it's just really fun for us to talk about. And I'm inspired to go maybe spruce up my wardrobe. So (laughs) thank you for that. My pleasure. It has been so much fun chatting with both of you and getting to share this healing modality. Love it. Thank you, Susanna. We'll see you guys next week on the Soulful Veda Show. Oh my goodness. How fun was that episode? Susanna is just a fresh ball of light and we were so honored to have her on the podcast. And I'm sure you are so inspired to work with Susanna, maybe sign up for one of her courses or sign up for a session with Susanna. You can do so with the link in the show notes. And we highly recommend following her on Instagram at AuraWearNYC. We love all of her fashion tips and how she empowers you to dress the way that feels most empowering and confident for you. And if you love this episode, please share it with a friend or family member who would love it too. And if you feel so charmed, we would love it if you commented, rated, and reviewed our podcasts on Apple. All right, beauties, have a beautiful rest of your day.